0: Greetings. It is great to come from Rick Bonfin Ministries. My name is Pastor Kyung Kim, and it is a privilege to uh, come to you with the message uh, message series Trappings of This World. Last time we were together, we talked about how important it is for us pay attention to the signs and our destiny our goal is the coming of Jesus Christ and we want to make it there but there are these trappings but the Bible warns us so that we can avoid these trappings and we were looking at Mark chapter 4 uh, parable, of, uh, parable of the sower starting with verse 14 the farmer sows the word some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown as soon as they hear it Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy but since they have no root they last only a short time When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Now still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. So, this parable list out uh, many of these trappings that we need to be warned of. Satan and trouble or persecution. Now these are the trappings that comes from outside. External trappings, I would call. But then there are these things. Worries of life. Telling yourself that it's just not enough. Being always insecure about the things. And the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things these come from within now today I want to focus on the deceitfulness of wealth money yes that's what it it is money (laughs) so here's a question who does not want to be rich I can just imagine your hand going up, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be rich, right? But then the follow up question is this What amount of money do you consider it to be rich? Hmm. Now that may get you think a little bit. Is a million? Two millions? Who knows, right? But then the final question Why? Why did you come up with that amount? Now the word rich or wealthy doesn't really have a standard definition. There's no standard definition because rich or wealthy is really not about money. Have you, have you thought of that? It's really not about money. See, Mark chapter 4, it didn't say wealth choked the word. But it says deceitfulness of wealth. Now, the 1st John chapter 2, it's not about the riches, but it says pride of riches. 1st John chapter 2 verse 16, it didn't say riches, but the pride of riches. See, there's nothing wrong with being rich or wealthy. Whatever that means to you. Work hard. Okay? Get paid. Make money. That's the patterns of life. And I do want you to work hard. And I do want you to get paid for the work that you do. And make a lot of money. God bless you. Becoming Become rich and wealthy. But, the warning is this. Don't be deceived by it. Don't fall for the pride of it. I want us to look at a story in Matthew 19. In Matthew 19, Jesus encounters this young man. And this young man he wanted to know what he had to do to have eternal life. Great! Right? Great! And he was a good man. And how good was he? Well, Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. I mean, these are all great things, right? And... What comes to your mind when you hear these? Commandments, right? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And to all this, this young man answers like this I have kept all these. I have kept all these. He was a good man! That's great! He was an extremely moral and ethical person. He kept the commandments really well. But then Jesus said, in verse 21 of chapter 19 of the book of Matthew, Jesus said to him, if you wish to be perfect, whoa, perfect, that meant there was something that was missing. He was good. We could even call him, he was great but still missing. But you remember what God said to the people of Israel? Be perfect, for I am perfect. If you wish to be perfect, go, sell your possessions, and give money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Now, when the young man heard this word, he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Being rich was not an issue, but he was entrapped, he was deceived. By his wealth. Well, here's the tip for not becoming entangled by the trappings of wealth. Not be deceived by wealth. Here's the number one tip. Like Jesus said, give it away. Give it away. For this young man, what he wanted was eternal life. That meant there was something in him that desired, that desired eternity. You could, you could even say the seed was sown. To what he was already doing with all the good and moral living, all he had to do was to sell his possessions and give the money to the poor. And he could not do it. His possessions, his money, his stuff were too important. In fact, it became more important than eternal life. This was the point that he had to choose eternal life or the possessions. See, we are are to always depend on the Lord and not on possessions, right? And the people, including the poor, are more important than having more possessions, right? People. Why? God so loved the world, God so loved the people, right, that He gave His only Son. God did not give up His Son for the possessions, That's the heart of God. heart of God is on people. Those who bear the image of God. See, if you don't want to become entangled by the trappings of wealth, tip number one, give it away. Bless others with it. Use it for the purpose of God. Use it for the sake of the gospel. Hey, I have a good suggestion for you. I mean, it's, I, may, I may be biased, but, you know, Rick Bonfin Ministries, I mean, yes, there are a lot of donations come in, but guess what? All goes in to bless other people. Yeah. Those, those who are poor children in favelas in Brazil, they are fed by the givings that come through these ministries. Many people who go to the mission trips through this ministry, their lives are completely changed through these ministries. Give it away, people. And this Rick Bonfin Ministries is a one good place to do it. Now, I'm not saying this is the only place. Let me make that clear. There are many wonderful places. God calls you, then what will you do? Now here's another story about money. Someone who was entrapped by money. And this goes to Joshua chapter 7. Joshua and Israel, they were doing great. And this is the time that they were into the uh, promised land right so they uh, they cross the river they they're in the promised land but once they're in the promised land what happened they still had the battles to fight they still had to move forward and they had to drive people out from the areas where where Israel was to reside now so Joshua and Israel they were in the promised land and they're moving forward. Things are going great. They were conquering enemies. Why? Because the Lord was fighting for them. Let's make that clear. Lord was fighting for them. Okay? But then all of a sudden, Israel couldn't stand against their enemies. Well, kind of example is like this. Right now Georgia Bulldogs are doing really really well right? I mean for those who are not listening from Georgia, I'm sorry to use this uh, this um, uh, this illustration but our friend Rick is a big Georgia Bulldog fan myself as well <laughs> Georgia Bulldogs number one in the country as of right now as of uh, as of this time they were beating everybody okay now but like a couple years ago like Georgia Bulldogs they were thinking about NAS- SEC Championship national championship they were beating everybody and then all of a sudden on one Saturday afternoon they played South Carolina gamecocks now they were struggling they were below 500 they were struggling team at the time Georgia should have beaten them by three touchdowns. And the score was South Carolina. I think it was what? 16-13? Something like that. Something like that. I don't even remember. Heartbreaking loss for Georgia Bulldogs that year. It's like unthinkable happened. See, imagine that. Israel was on a roll but then all of a sudden they couldn't they couldn't beat, they couldn't stand against weaker enemies than the ones they already conquered. What's going on here? And God told Joshua, this is what was happening. Israel sinned and had to consecrate. So long story short, like I said, this comes from Joshua seven. There was a man named Achan. And he got discovered. And he confessed like this. Verse 20. And Achan answered Joshua, It is true. I am the one who sinned against the Lord God of Israel. This is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful mantle from Shinar, and two hundred shekels of silver, and a bar of gold weighing fifty shekels, then I coveted them and took them. They now lie hidden in the ground inside my tent, with the silver underneath. Now, did he need it? No. But, he said, when I saw them, I coveted them and I took them. He got deceived by the wealth. He took what did not belong to him. Here's tip number two. Don't take what doesn't belong to you. (laughs) Don't take what doesn't belong to you. See, those things were to be destroyed. That was the command from God. Achan took what did not belong to him. Did he have to? No. Absolutely not. Israel was doing great. And he would have all that he needed. But then he was trapped. He was deceived by wealth. And he paid the price of his sin. And the price of sin is death. So, don't take what doesn't belong to you. Don't be deceived. So, two things. See, I made it real simple. Right? Give it away. Don't take what doesn't belong to you. Give it away and don't take what doesn't belong to you. Mark chapter 8. For what will it profit for them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? It's this time to confess. Like I said earlier, being deceived of wealth doesn't have amount to it. It's not about how much you have. But it's more about how much do you love it. How much you have is not an issue at all. But the matter is your heart's desire for wealth over caring for people and wanting for more regardless of how you get it. Now, here's one of the problems. Have the churches been a good example of this to the world? Now, we may have different uh, responses about that. And if I poll, I mean, we may get, you know, I don't know, 50-50, 40-60, I don't know what kind of numbers we will get. But here's, here's where I'm coming from. So please hear me out. We see churches with impressive buildings with a lot of, a lot of land for parking spaces. In fact, there's a, there are churches that have taken over like sports arenas, like NBA arenas. In order to finance that, these big buildings churches have to devote large portions of their offerings to physical buildings and maintenance and I've seen it myself how so much of offerings go toward buildings and even interest to pay for these buildings now building is not an issue what the issue is is this mile or two from the church, there are these people in a housing project where the families struggle to break free from the poverty. On another other corner, there are kids growing up without the parents. And yet, the buildings of the church with impressive letters on the signs stand tall. Now, has the church... Been trapped by deception of wealth, trying to gain the whole world, but forfeit her soul. Now, I know I may come a little harsh here, but Luke chapter four eighteen is considered a mission statement for Jesus' ministry, and he's reading from uh, the scroll of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me. To bring good news to the poor, He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and let the, let the oppressed go free. See, the, to bring good news to the poor and release the captives and bring freedom to the oppressed, that's what Jesus came to do and if so, then that's what churches are called to do. But how many times the churches who often say, all are welcome, right? All are welcome, yet have turned their backs to the poor and the captives of sin. Busy building the bigger buildings, more worries about coffee shops and the bookstores. Now, someone comes to the church and need basic things like food or clothes. How many times have the church, have we turned them away saying to them, we wish you well and we will pray for you. But which is that's exactly what James 2 says. If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, "Go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill," and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is See we're losing next generation from the church and it's not just my opinion but the statistics have shown that those of uh, generation Z Gen Z, typically known 24 year, uh, age 24 or younger, they are leaving the church more and more there are overwhelming responses like this from them they they don't dislike Jesus they don't dislike Jesus in fact they love Jesus that they know they just don't like the church because in their opinions churches don't look anything like Jesus Jesus who loved sinners, cared for the weak and outcast, taught love uh, taught love and hope, and even stood against the powerful. Now, whether they are right or wrong, that's not as relevant as this is how they view the church. And there are reasons for this. Jesus came to proclaim good news to the poor and set the oppressed to free, and to seek and save the lost. And that's what he did. But are the churches doing that? While more and more money are poured into the churches for bigger buildings and celebrity pastors. Now here's a man who repented and was set free from the trappings of this world yes he, had a, he was rich and his method wasn't good and because of that he was hated by people but when he met Jesus when he encountered Jesus his heart was changed and when his heart was changed, his chain which for him was wealth. Lost its power over him. And his response was this. Look, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. What a contrary, right? What a contrary response to Matthew 19. Half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, meaning he took what didn't belong to him. He took what didn't belong to him. I will pay back four times as much. See how his attitude changed. He's saying, yes, Lord, I admit. And I will give to the poor. I admit, I took what didn't belong to me. And I'm going to make it right. See, that's what repentance is. It's a realignment. Changing. See, he's saying, money doesn't matter to me now. I'd rather follow you. And yes, this is the story of Zacchaeus. but Zacchaeus is a great example of repentance and being set free from the trappings of wealth, the deceitfulness of wealth. He was saying, I'd rather follow you. And all this money don't matter anymore. And I think that should be our attitude toward money. Jesus, I want to follow you. And many of us, And I pray that all of us have said that. Jesus, I will follow you. And guess, do you know what that means? My money will follow you too. Jesus, I will follow you. And all that I own, all my money will follow you. For the cause of the kingdom. For the cause of the gospel. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord. And I pray, in this world, it is so easy to be tempted and entrapped by the riches, pride of riches, and deceived by wealth. But all those mean nothing compared to the kingdom that we will inherit. Lord, set us free from this chains. Help us to be generous. Help us, Lord, to use the wealth as you bless us. Use the wealth and the money for your purpose Yes, I will follow you and I have committed myself to following you. And yes, Lord, my money will follow you as well. Thank you, Lord. Send me free. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen.